Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 301, How to Value Your Motherhood with Dr. Julie Hanks. Growing up in the congregations I was in, it was not rare for us to hear this phrase when people were talking about growing up in their homes and their mothers. They described their angels as my angel mother. I loved hearing that growing up. It gave me something to aspire to, an ideal that I wanted to reach when I became a mom myself. It painted the picture of a woman who sacrificed everything she could to be a good mom, to put her children above all else, and to enable them to flourish as adults. When I became my mom, I took on that ideal as strictly as I could. I translated that to the less time I spent on myself and my needs and my interests and my hobbies and my purposes outside of motherhood, the better the mother I was. But a few years in, I learned that this ideal, this impossible ideal, was actually only leading me to feeling exceptionally worn out, depleted, and resentful, which was very surprising for me because I had good intentions. I was trying to do things right. I was trying to reach this ideal of being an angel mother. As I've grown into my motherhood, and as I've developed and matured as a woman in general, I have learned that there's a big difference, though, between idealizing motherhood and valuing it. 
idealizing paints a picture of ultimate sacrifice that at the end actually leads to a lot of suffering on both sides for the mom, for a spouse, and for the kids. But valuing motherhood means that you stand strong in your role as a caretaker. You you value what you contribute. And in turn, you ask for what you need. You have boundaries in place so that you are able to make the sacrifices that you do need to make and choose to make when it's time to make them. Today's guest is Dr. Julie Hanks. You might recognize her name because she was on the show in the spring to talk about how you do not need to be the sacrificial lamb of your families. I would consider this interview to be part two of that original time we had together. So you can check the show notes to listen to that interview, which was really, really well received by people. Now we're talking about never too late, the last two months of 2020, and you might want to know why this applies. It applies because a lot of women out there, especially the mothers, discount themselves from doing things or trying things or putting themselves out there or even investing in their own time or their energy or education because they think it's too late for them because of their roles and responsibilities as a caretaker. That does not need to be the case. Dr. Julie Hanks is a licensed therapist and an amazing coach, and she will help you in this interview learn to shift from idealizing your role as a mother or a caretaker into valuing this role instead so that you have more to give because you have more inside you. This is what it can look like to be an angel mother. It can look like having boundaries. It can look like having your own aspirations and dreams and interests and hobbies. And not only will this enable you to have a more fruitful and fulfilling life, it will bless those you serve so much more. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. One of the things I feel so lucky to do in my work is to help women shine a light on what they need in their life that they didn't know they were previously missing. Sometimes it can be as simple as a hobby that they are doing again. Other times it can be as deep as a habit or total mind shift in how they view themselves and the way that they contribute. Now, if you listen to the show and you love it, but you are struggling taking action from it, I want you to join the Strive Hive. This is where our progressors do something to strive for daily progress. Just this past week alone, we've had a few women report in on ways that they are making progress. One is doing a ukulele class that I'm doing alongside of her. Another finally went swimming, even though she's been thinking about it for years, she finally went for the first time. Another learned how to do her hair, and another one is working on organizing her piano room. That was just this week alone. We share the ways that we are doing something in the Strive Hive, and we also have a fun and motivating community so that you can learn what that needs to look like for yourself. We support you all along the way with our special success path curriculum as well that helps you develop different identity milestones that you can gain as you progress in the Strive Hive. You do not have to wait to find more fulfillment. You don't have to achieve it only because you've done all your to-dos on your list. In the Strive Hive, you will have the supportive, fun, and motivating community you need to make progress actually happen in your life. Join us by going to aboutprogress.com forward slash strive hive. Again, that's aboutprogress.com forward slash strive hive. 
Before we turn to this interview, just a quick little note here. I know that many of you listening are not mothers for one reason or another. And for whatever reason that might be, I want you to know that I love you. I always want you to feel welcome to the show. If this is an episode you need to skip, maybe because it makes you feel sensitive to some hardships that you're facing, that's okay. But maybe many of you are not mothers by name, but you are in roles and how you care and take care of others. And if that's the case for you, I know that this episode will still give you exactly what you are here for. Thank you so much for being on About Progress again, Dr. Julie Hanks. We are so, so grateful to have you. I'm happy to be here, Monica. The episode we did in the spring, which by the way, we recorded at the beginning of quarantine when everybody was on Zoom for the first time again and our internet was terrible, so we're already doing better than we did then. <laughs> that interview struck a chord in a really magnificent way and in a way I didn't expect, actually. I, I knew it was going to be an incredible interview, but it's it's really blown up in some ways I don't even think I've told you about. And Oh, we, yeah. Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, great I, think it, I think it really resonated with people. Um, but we need you back because we have some other things to talk about regarding motherhood. There's more, there's, there's more. Yeah, there's definitely more. So actually we're going to talk about, we can value motherhood without idealizing it and without putting mm-hmm. it on this pedestal, which can do harm in many ways, both harm to people who are both unable to have children or choose not to, or um, can't, or have had complicated relationships with their children too, or yeah. mothers yeah. who really, um, see their work as valuable, which we all do, but it still can harm them when it's idealized versus valuing. So that's what we're going to talk about. So let's just define these first for people. What is the difference between valuing motherhood and idealizing it? And then what's the danger in idealizing it? Okay. So let's just talk about the basic definition of value. It's to consider something to be of worth or something to be important. And idealizing is to paint something as better than reality. Hmm. So when you apply that to motherhood, it is so important to value motherhood. It's important to value parenthood. Um, But to idealize it actually creates a lot of pain. So the problem with idealizing it or painting it as better than real life is that you have a lot of disappointed mothers Mm-hmm. People who uh, get into motherhood and think this isn't meeting all of my needs. This isn't fun. This is really hard. I actually don't like this. I'm. Uh, <laughs> what what have I done? Um, so and then when we idealize it, like you mentioned, Monica, we also leave out the value of women who don't have children, and then we leave out the value that women who are mothers have in terms of what they offer in other areas of their life. So we kind of put it as this on a pedestal and then it never lives up. And so everybody's disappointed. Everybody ends up feeling less than, uh, except maybe, maybe a few people who, who really always love motherhood, which I have yet to meet anyone. So, Yeah. And and the thing is like, it's not, again, we're not emphasizing here that you shouldn't value motherhood. And that's what we're going to primarily talk about, how you can value your motherhood and ways to do that. But yeah. it's more about not setting it up to this impossible to meet standard and expectation while also simultaneously telling people or women, you know, women like this is your spot. 
stay there. Mm -hmm. This is your lone little pedestal there. So stay there and be happy, which is another danger. Right, right. And it's untouchable. Like if you have to live up to some unrealistic standard, you're, it's like you can't be you. And Mm -hmm. I am all for women being themselves in their motherhood, that your children have you for a reason. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be this caricature of a mom. Okay. Be you. Yeah, let's talk about that. And then in terms of children, then like how does the idealization paradigm, in fact, do harm within a family and to the children? It does a lot of harm because then women um, or mothers are acting in a role instead of being authentic. And what that does to kids is they're not getting a, a deep emotional connection with their mom, which is what kids need. (laughs) They don't need a perfect mom. They need an emotional connection. They need to know that they're nurtured and safe and that somebody has their back. And they need to know that you as the mom are a, a person with talents, gifts, needs, wants, uh, goals, dreams. And so being a human (laughs) helps teach your kids that they can grow up and be awesome human beings too. They don't have to play this rigid role. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this pet peeve that I've developed the last few years, and it's not because I'm trying to nitpick what people say or anything like that. But anytime I hear someone describe their mother as, you know, my angel mother or my mother never complained, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wonderful, but What I hear when I really see that is that's what you should be doing. Not ever complain, don't have hard emotions, always be perfect. And it sets, you know, that standard internally that to me signals like a, you know, some alarm bells, like that's Mm -hmm. not right. And Mm -hmm. I think I know that my children benefit more from me saying, you know, I'm sorry, I've had a really hard day today. And that's why I was grumpy earlier. And maybe my children won't be able to say at my funeral that I never complained, but I think they'll also be able to say that I gave them space to bring hard things to the table and to know Mm -hmm. that I was safe to talk to, you know, those examples. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on that. Yeah. I have the same response when I hear my, my perfect angel mother never, never thought of herself. I'm like, what? That's a tragedy. Like what a, what a, what a lost opportunity. Um, I don't think that, and we've talked about this before in the other the episode, but caring for yourself and caring for other people are not mutually exclusive. Yes. And, and so when, when we paint this idealized picture, never complain, never raised her voice, never, it, it does set up this unrealistic expectation for other people. And it sets that up that that's what a good mom is and what a good mom does. And that's not how I define a good mom. Never mm-hmm. complaining, never raising her voice, never having her own desires, never buying anything for herself. Like what, what's the joy in that? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it speaks to a larger problem, right? Of how we're right. seeing that you can only be one or the other. You can only right. be completely selfless and self-sacrificing of yourself to benefit mm-hmm. your children or more selfish and ignoring their needs and right. And, and the healthy place from a therapist perspective is, 
is balancing the tension between those. We're always balancing that if we're alive and in our own lives. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes kids needs come first and sometimes our needs come first and sometimes our spouses and, and we're always negotiating that tension between self and other. And that's what we should be doing. We should, it shouldn't be all about us or all yes. about them. Mm -hmm. And that's where the nuance is. And it's hard mm -hmm. for people to see that and wrap their heads around it when they've been raised in a family or a culture or religion too, that dictates the ideal idealization way instead. Um, one more note on this I'd like to cover before we yeah. go into how women then can, you know, balance that tension a little better and, mm -hmm. you know, value themselves and benefit their family better by doing that is why do you think we're tempted by that idealization? Like why as women, do we want our position as mothers, if we're lucky to be one, um, to be idealized? Why do we want that? So I think it has to do with the devaluation of caregiving in general in our society. So in patriarchal societies, or I call them dominator societies, hmm. um, work associated with women is devalued. It's underpaid. and also direct caregiving responsibilities are think about like elder care and child care are the, some of the lowest paying careers that you can yes right? we don't value caregiving and we don't we don't count caregiving as productive work in the gdp we don't count mm. volunteer work we don't we don't count it and so mm. what we don't count doesn't count so with that backdrop of kind of the larger Western society devaluation of, of work associated with women, um, I think it feels good to be idealized or to have something idealized that we're doing because mm -hmm. we mistake it for valuing. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, we, everyone wants to feel like their contribution matters. Everyone wants to feel like what they're doing is important. And I think it's a counterfeit way to value motherhood. That's it right there. It is. And it feels counterfeit. And I think that's why you, many of us, I think most of us, in fact, within motherhood, whether it's with young children or your children are in teens or they've left the nest, you get to this point where you realize it was a counterfeit way of valuing your contribution, you know, in whatever way that ended up looking like as a mom. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what does it look like then to value motherhood? It looks like number one, valuing the relationship over the role. So valuing a connection with another little or big human being um, over the performance of a role and tasks and, oh, a good mother does this, a good mother does mm. this good mother, you know, hand sews, you know, whatever. We have these expectations that kind of go along with how we define good mother. And I think the first, the first way we can, you know, value motherhood is to value the relationship aspect and, and see that that requires us to show up as our unique, individual, authentic mm. selves. Yeah. And I think the reverse of that often is easy to get caught up in uh, thinking that, 
you know, as a good mom, that means I'm always having a clean home. It's always organized. We're doing amazing, like extracurricular activities all the time. And sometimes that's where you get caught up in the things and the duties and the tasks instead of the relationships. I can see that better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so that is one, one way to focus on the relationship. Um, another way is to value yourself as an individual. So it helps kids to see mothers taking care of themselves because what that does is it gives children permission to take care of themselves when they're grown up. Yes. If all they see is sacrifice, then they think, well, uh, then I'm going to, I have to grow up and give everything up for my kids. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I was an adolescent, I remember thinking my goal, like my life's goal is to figure out how to be an adult woman in a way that my daughters are excited to grow up. I wanted them to see that life was good and it still can be fulfilling. And it's not all about other people. It's some about other people and some about you. And you can have fun and you can have friends and you can have interests and um, hobbies and career and whatever you want to have. But I want them to see a thriving, happy, interesting mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife said something on one of our um, episodes that I've never forgotten. She said, and this is totally me in my own words, paraphrasing what she said, you know, giving the gift of being an alive person instead of a dead inside person is the best gift you can give to your spouse and to your children. Um, mm-hmm. like, cause like you said, it gives them permission to do the same and that's what we want for them. We want them to be whole right. people. Um, yes. what are some other ways that they can better value their motherhood? So this may sound odd at first, but I will explain. Involve fathers in caregiving, mm. encourage involvement in caregiving. And the reason I say that is because in In a society, a dominator, patriarchal society, the work that men do is more valued. If we want to value motherhood, then we need dads to do more mothering or fathering or, you know, caregiving. And so when, when men entered nursing, what happened? The, the pay went up. (laughs) Yeah. So the value of something goes up the more men are involved in it. Sad to say in our culture. So get men involved in direct caregiving, not just providing money, but like taking direct care of kids. That improves the, that increases the value of that activity. It totally makes sense, doesn't it? You know, I heard um, one of my friend's fathers was, talking to us one day, um, when we were visiting and this was recently. And he said with a lot of regret that he had never changed one of his kids diapers and he wasn't boasting about it. He actually was sad about it, Mm -hmm. that he wasn't involved that way. And, and, you know, he was living out the roles that were placed there for them. Um, but it just helped me see too, is like, what a value that would be to be able to contribute in, in that way too, for him, like what a gift that could have been. There's an intimacy that comes from direct caregiving that you can't, it, 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 like there's no substitute for, hmm. right? When you're, whether you're taking care of, you know, a parent 
when they're ill or you're taking care of a child or like there's an intimacy in caring for other human beings that you can't really get any other way. And so he's, what he was saying is I missed out on mm -hmm. this intimacy in this relationship, this knowing this kind of day in day out kind of stuff that, that t moms tend to do more of than dads. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want to go back to one other thing that you said about, you know, valuing yourself as an individual, as mm -hmm. a mom, how can that actually play out? What, what does that look like? And maybe we can talk to, you know, well, moms are going to be in different situations, whether they're stay at home moms or work from homes or working out of the mm -hmm. home. So what can they do to better value themselves as an individual in spite of how that plays out? So let me tell you a story. I was speaking to a group of women. This was probably a decade ago mm. and about self-care and a woman raised her hand and she said, Oh my goodness, my kids don't know I'm a painter. She's a fine artist. She's, she said, I stopped painting when I had kids. Why did I stop painting? They don't know this part. Like they don't know me as an artist. And so she, uh, she, uh, you know, made a goal to pick that up and show her kids that part of her. Hmm. So that's what it means to value yourself as an individual to hold on to parts of you that make you unique that make you you we don't have to give up who we are to be a mom mm -hmm. but i just thought wow how often we do that we we prioritize health and then we have kids and then we don't prioritize our health anymore or uh we you know have some kind of interest we're into mountain biking and then we stop doing that because, you know, there's no time and there's, but it, so valuing ourselves as individuals means holding on or reclaiming the parts of us that make us a unique individual. Hmm. We and all have something, at least one, right? I'm glad many. you said that. Cause that's what I was going to bring up next. I think a lot of women, when they hear that, they like equal parts feel inspired by it, but also sad because they've lost so much of what that was. So yeah. any other tips for those women who feel especially depleted and even knowing what makes them who they are? Yes. Think of what you enjoyed doing as a child. So if you love dancing in the rain, if you love blowing bubbles, if you loved going on swings, if you loved playing the piano, if you, it doesn't have to be a talent, talent, but we think of like artistic, creative just what makes you feel alive and brings you that childlike joy. Do that. Do mm -hmm. more of that. For me, it was music. So singing while my dad played the piano, he, I, I grew up with a professional musician dad, which was really wow. convenient. <laughs> yes. And so he was a human karaoke and my, <laughs> I just remember play this daddy. And then I would just sing that brings me joy. Um, and then spending time at my, I grew up in Southern California. So my grandma had a pool and being in the water and the sun in the mm -hmm. summers, just, it was relaxing. It just, we played just for hours and hours, you know, my siblings and I, and so those are things that bring me joy. And, and I've prioritized my music 
throughout my life. Um, I've pri I prioritize going to the pool, even though I don't live in Southern California anymore. And there are fewer months I can enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what it looks like. It looks like reclaiming those things that brought you joy as a child. And what that requires of mothers is to require your family to support you. It's mm -hmm. not just a one-way support. Kids mm -hmm. can support you. Um, my, I have a good friend who just is, is planning on going back to school and she's been taking a few classes for prereqs for grad school. And her, her kids are like, oh, you have a homework assignment, mom? Oh, that's so, that's cool. Oh yeah, we'll be quiet because you, you gotta get your paper done, you know? And they're so proud cute. of her and mm -hmm. they can support her. I mean, they're still, some of them are young, um, but you can require your partner if you have one and your kids to support you. And again, what a gift right? What a gift right. to learn that together as a family, that this is what we can do to support each other. This is what it looks like right. to be in a family. And it's, right. we all support each other. It's not just mom supports everybody else. Yes. This is going to be another episode that is going to, you know, again, strike the chord in ways that people mean. And maybe it's going to be a little uncomfortable because it's a paradigm they are not used to, or maybe it's going to not be uncomfortable. Maybe it's going to be uncomfortable because it helps them see, I have felt this. I have felt this yeah. chasm and this dissonance between what I thought I was supposed to be and, and what I'm missing out on, um, on in the process of that. So yes. I'd love to hear though, just from you, how has it felt and shifted your view of motherhood and your experience of motherhood as you have done your part to better value it? I check in more emotionally with my kids. I check in, how, how's it going? How are you feeling? What can I do to be a better mom to you? And focusing on that relationship. And that is, that's what it's about. As a younger mom, I was more focused on uh, external expectations of mm -hmm. what a good mom should do. And now it's, it's about the relationship. And, and I just, I don't always love taking care of people, but I adore the relationships all I always love them you know um mm -hmm. and so to kind of separate it's helped me separate that out from like the caregiving act the stuff that you do is different than the relationship and I mean they're connected of course but but focusing on that relationship and and checking in that's that's something that I do a lot more now that I I value it more mm -hmm. I also have learned to value my mom more. And yeah. that's helped me value me. Uh, my mom took care of nine and raised nine children. Wow. And that is her contribution to the world. And we've grown up to be productive members of society. And, um, and I used to not value her contribution as much. And as I've, as I've learned to, you know, value myself, I valued her. And as I learned to value her more, I value my own contribution as a mother. I love so it's really helped heal that. that. It's helped heal. Yes. 
I think it releases you from the comparison too. So you, you can focus on what you can contribute and you can also focus and value what other women are contributing to their families too in different ways. And even maybe how you were raised as well, which is yeah. a lot more of a loving position to be in, I would say. Right, right. That I, I'm glad you brought up that lack of comparison. So often we rank, mm-hmm. we, we put ourselves above other people or below other people. And that's just not helpful. Other people's choices and how other people are doing motherhood is totally irrelevant hmm. to our lives has nothing to do with you, what your neighbor's doing, you know, what I'm doing, um, that, that we all have a unique way of, of caring for our, our little and big people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to be individual depending Mm -hmm. on our, our own gifts and talents. And so, yeah, be, be you as a mom you know, don't be the role. Don't be the rigid, like I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to be a good mom. No, you have to have a relationship with another human being to be a good mom. That's everything. And I think that's shifted my own enjoyment of motherhood too. It's made it so those tasks that we talked about, yeah, the actual caregiving tasks to me are strangely more fulfilling Mm. because the focus is more on the relationships. Yeah. Um, which helps, right? So yeah, we're not measuring definitely. how we're doing as moms based off of an outcome or how a kid did in a recital yeah. or how clean the house is and stuff like that. Um, you, you reminded me of another benefit of valuing motherhood is I don't, versus idealizing it, I, I don't look to my kids to validate me mm-hmm. and I don't expect a certain outcome from their lives. Like it's helped me turn their lives over to them. Like, okay, you know, to whatever degree, depending on their age. I do have two adult children who are sure. the boss of their lives, you know, um, yeah. and two teenagers who still have, I tell them, you have three bosses of your life, me, dad, and you. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but less um, ego, like needing them to quote unquote, turn out a certain yeah. way in order to validate me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's such a shift too. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Julie, I would actually love to hear, this is a personal development show. So before we sign off today, I'd like to hear what is a way that you are personally working on yourself lately? I am working on physical self-care. I, I have the working out daily down. I have the sleep down. And that was kind of like the the physical thing that I'm working on is not emotional eating and you know that kind of thing not in a not in a rigid way but just trying to get that more where i want it to be so that's one way i'm improving myself um yeah i mean i'm always trying to improve myself in a million different ways as in depending on what you know what area but that's just one yeah. And I love that balance too. It's, it's more about caring for yourself in the physical way instead of yeah. another way to validate your worth, which is such a, a different paradigm. But again, yeah. what you're doing, yeah, is, is what's And it's about health. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's totally about health and wanting to remain active in my second half of life and mm-hmm. play with my grandbabies and 
um, it's, it's all good things. Yeah. Less about like wanting to look a certain way and more about how I feel and what I can do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hear you on that. Well, um, Dr. Julie Hanks, I would love to direct people more to where they can find you. So tell, tell us where they should go. Yeah. So Instagram at Dr. Julie Hanks, Dr. Julie Hanks. Um, and on all social, I'm not on TikTok, but most yeah. social media I'm on. Um, and then drjuliehanks.com and wasatchfamilytherapy.com is my uh, therapy website. Fantastic. Well, this has been a joy for me. I'm so grateful that you agreed to come back on. Thank you very much. Thank you, Monica. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. I'm really excited to share these progress pointers with you, especially when I have a guest on like Dr. Julie Hinks, where there's just so much information. I love sharing the notes that I took so you don't have to take them. The progress pointers from this episode are number one, idealization. That was a hard word for me to say. Idealization does harm, whereas valuing motherhood empowers women to be themselves within motherhood. Two, Children benefit most from an authentic, emotionally connected mom who is a whole person. Three, balancing the tension is where the work lies. Four, valuing motherhood means valuing caregiving as productive work. Five, it feels good to be idealized because it's mistaken for valuing. It's counterproductive. Six, valuing relationships over performance of a role is where we are trying to head with this. Number seven, when you value yourself as an individual, it helps children see mothers caring for themselves so they learn how when they are parents themselves. Eight, involve fathers in caregiving so it's better valued. Nine, hold on or reclaim the parts of you that make you you. Ten, do more of what brought you joy as a child 11, require your family to support you in your interests. And 12, how um, other mothers mother is totally irrelevant to how you love. We all have unique ways to contribute to our families. What an incredible, mind-blowing episode. Dr. Julie Hinks, thank you very much for taking the time to do that. I have linked to everything Dr. Julie Hinks in the show notes. If you would like these progress pointers in a graphic form, I would love to send them to you in my weekly Go-Getter newsletter. This is where I send you a, we got this, we got this message. And I also share any of the progress pointers in a graphic form so you can save it to your phone or have it as wallpaper, just something to refer to. Go to aboutprogress.com forward slash go-getter to sign up for that. Just a few reminders for you. As we are heading into the end of 2020, thank goodness, I would love to hear from you what 2020 taught you. I know that's a big ask because for many of us, we're not quite sure yet. And maybe only hindsight will give that to us. But I would like to think if you give yourself a little time and space to reflect on 2020 and what it's taught you and given to you, that you will have something to contribute. This is going to all be collected into a giant Dear Progressor episode at the very end of the year, our final episode of 2020. I want to be full of progressors, normal, everyday listeners like you who are striving and working and progressing and growing. And I want to hear your voices share what 2020 gave you, what it taught you. 
Go to aboutprogress.com forward slash be on the show to learn how. It's really simple, you guys. You just record a message on your phone and you email it to me at hello at aboutprogress.com or you call a number that I have set up for you, a Google number, and you just leave a message right there on the phone. It never has to be perfect. We just want you to be you. So what has 2020 taught you? I would love to hear about it. Again, go to aboutprogress.com forward slash be on the show. Another reminder is we've got that survey about identity. What struggles do you have with it? What would you like to learn about with your identity? And more, it's a quick five question survey. Go to aboutprogress.com forward slash survey. And that's where I am going to, at the end of November, well, more like in the beginning of December, I'll collect all the submissions that were put in and I'll draw one of them and I'll send them a $30 in value gift. And I hope that can be you. Go to aboutprogress.com forward slash survey. I almost forgot what the word is, survey. Friends, I'm really grateful that you took the time to listen to this show. I know that this is a hard topic. I know that there's a lot to pick away at it. I know that there's a lot of resistance to it too. And I just want you to know that if you're a mom or you're in a caretaking role, even if that's just caring for people at work or in other ways in your neighborhood or in your in your smaller homes, I want you to really lean in to how you can value what you contribute and who you are. And how as part of that, that means you need to be a whole person. That is what has changed my life. That is what has made me, I believe, a far better mom than I was when I was being that sacrificial lamb and I was idealizing my role instead of valuing it. So I hope you'll take that on. I'm really, really happy that you listened to this episode. If you can think of one person who would benefit from this episode, will you do me a favor and share this with them? It can be done in any way but sharing the show is what helps it grow the most. And I am here to try to help serve and help other women learn how to be their whole selves as well. Again, really grateful that you took the time to listen. I have been loving this theme and I hope you have too. keep growing. And remember life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.